0: Wayne Massey, Financial Podcasts, Session One Managing Your Money God's Way. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on our CAC or Chilliwack Alliance Church podcast series on. Handling your money and 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 budgeting and financing and and how do you honor God with your money? Now let me introduce myself. My name is uh, Wayne Massey, and I am the pastor here at Chilawaka Lions Church for uh, personal engagement and outreach. I have developed a series on money management that I think and I hope will be helpful to all of you. Um, have you heard it said uh, where did the money go recently we all completed our tax returns uh, if we were faithful to uh, mr trudeau and we probably got our t4 slip or our t4a if you will and when we looked at it we said did i really make that much money what happened to it all? Like, I look at my bank account, and I look back at my T4 slip, and I think, and all the taxes I paid, where did it go? And many of us struggle with making ends meet at the end of the month. And in many times, people say, I have more months left than I do have cash. So another experience you've probably had is seeing other people. And you say, wow, they always have money. What do they do? How do they get that? How come they're so comfortable financially? How come they got a new car and I got a used car? And I'm not saying we have to compare ourselves to the Joneses. I'm just saying, how is it that some people know what to do and how to handle and how to grow their money so they don't have to work so hard for it? So in this program, in the next three series, I am doing three podcasts on money management and how to have more of it but in a, in a very scriptural and biblical god honoring way so in today's session session number 1 we are going to take a look at understanding the concept of money we're going to look at how money is valued and then we're going to take a look at how to create a budget to control spending in other words how do you start saving money and when you save enough money It will start working for you, but that leads us into our second session, and that is understanding how to create wealth, and we're going to look at investing and accumulating. We're going to study the power of compound interest and the art of negotiating. And finally, our third session is going to look at how do we honor God with our money? What does the Bible say about money, man? Do you know the Bible actually talks more about money than it does about hell or heaven? And we're going to look at understanding the joy of giving, how to be faithful stewards, and how to help your fellow man, how to be charitable, and how to share, because we are really faithful. We are stewards of God's money. It's not ours. We don't get to take it with us when we leave this planet. We leave it behind we leave it for somebody else. So, remember that all of this that we talk about over the next three weeks is we're actually talking about whose money is it. And I think if you have a change of mind and a change of heart, you'll have a change in your bank account. So, let's get started. First of all, in his book, A Complete Guide to Money, author David Ramsey tells us that money is like a river in that it is in constant motion and it i don't know about you but for me it tends to flow away from me unless we are very diligent about channeling or controlling the current flow of cash they call money currency every country has a different currency and it's interesting that money as a as a, a currency and it has a energy to it it flows it's never it doesn't sit and do nothing it's either being bought, borrowed, used, whatever. And John MacArthur also wrote an excellent book and it's called Whose Money Is It Anyway? And in that book, John reminds us that we live in an indulgent materialistic culture where the world wants us to use all of our money, buying stuff so that we don't have anything left to give to charity. And, and, you know, charity is a way of helping everyone else have a better standard of living. And I think we're compelled, as God's servants, to use that money to lift up others around us. In fact, we're bombarded daily by advertisers who compete with each other to entice us to buy their products. You know, the flashy advertising on TV, and uh, every time I open up my computer, I go to a different uh, search on the web, I'm getting hammered by ads. And what's the purpose of those ads? To attract your attention and to empty your wallet. They want us to buy their products. Now, we're in a constant struggle to balance our finances and to avoid spending whatever money we have left after paying for the necessities of life. Do you know, sometimes it really is hard to hold on to your money. And it's that impulse buying it's when the when the uh, merchants they say hey you don't have to pay for it today i'll give you a credit card you can take it out on car- time and make your payments and enjoy it now while you can well there's something really to be looked at here high interest rates on credit cards are if you can make the payments without the interest rates great but A lot of people aren't able to do that and they fall behind and they're paying 24 or 29% interest in some cases. That's one-third or one-quarter to one-third of the cost of the item. And you're paying that over a number of years. And when you look at the interest, uh, compounding interest, you'll see that you've actually paid twice what the object or, or the item was in the beginning. Now, I've talking about spending, and for some people, the definition of spending is the difference between the original asking price of a product and today's sale price. You know, my wife says, and this is no reflection on my wife, I've just used this as an example, says that, honey, look at the great deal I got, and I saved 50%. Instead of paying $210 for this, I only had to pay $105. And I said, well, show me the other 105 that you saved, will (laughs) you? So that's kind of a false sense of savings, but that's what permeates through our society right now uh, with our culture and, and our attitude of consumerism. This falsehood tells you that you must spend to save, but you're really not saving anything. Whereas true savings really is the increase in your cash reserves in the bank. This is going to be our goal is to help you over the next few uh, weeks to understand how to grow your bank account. There's nothing more secure, more comfortable, comfortable, or more wow than being able to look at the bank account and see it grow by one thousand, by five thousand, by ten thousand, by fifty thousand dollars. And you look at your bank account and say, "Wow!" A few years ago, I had nothing. Now I have something. So. During these podcasts, it's my hope that you will discover this one truth. When we manage our money God's way, and when we give as God has commanded us to in the scriptures, we will be liberated, we will be rewarded, we will be joyous, and we will be f- profoundly richer than we are today. And I think this is a, the pathway to prosperity. So I, I ask you now to, to go with me as we take a look at some of these key uh, methods of, of uh, securing or finding financial freedom. There's a saying, uh, I, I believe it's Scotiabank, it's their slogan, it says, you're richer than you think. So, so let's start with that one. Not that I'm, uh, I'm putting Scotia Bank over Royal Bank or Bank of Montreal or CIBC or anything. I'm just using their slogan right now. You're richer than you think. Many people earn millions of dollars in their lifetime of working. I mean, over 30 years or more of working at, you know, if you're making sixty dollars to $100,000 a year and you multiply that out, it's, it's a couple million dollars to, at least. And a lot of believers experience difficulty fulfilling their desires to please God financially because they haven't learned the basics of financial wealth. How do you manage money well? in fact there is really a lot of financial illiteracy out there and i think this course will help you become more scholarly more understanding and smarter if you will in taking care of your money every month we tend to spend our money frivolously we never track expenses we see it we want it we buy it and that is the problem we're not managing we should budget and predetermine our spending for the month ahead. Instead of spending the money, piling up the receipts and looking back and say, okay, what did I spend it on this month? Oh, really? Oh, I didn't really need that, but it felt good at the time. So it, by controlling your spending and preparing, uh, and being prepared to put money deliberately into a savings account, you will grow money well. A basic caveat of creating wealth is to live within your means, and that is not spending more than you make, and please stay out of debt. So, what is money? By definition, money is a medium of economic exchange that is understood and accepted as legal tender by a country or people group as a means of trade or and or payment. It's often referred to, as I said earlier, currency. Now, how is a money valued? How do we determine what a dollar is worth? Well, it doesn't, I don't know about you, but I've, I've found that a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to because people don't do as much as they used to for a dollar. Many people, look at the minimum wages now, it's over $15. Wow, I can remember back, and I'm showing my age when I say this, I can remember back to the 70s when I first got married and we could buy a house for twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars. I know it sounds like a lot or little. You can't even buy a car today for twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars. But I can tell you that my income as a as a elementary school teacher, grade eight math and English, as a matter of fact, was five thousand two hundred dollars a year. Five—that's a hundred dollars a week. But I was buying a house for $26,500 for our first house. And that was a heavy mortgage payment. So it's all relative. Today, you're gonna to spend seven, eight dollars $800,000 to buy a house. But a house and a roof or occupancy or rent or anything else, just to throw this out there for you right now, part of your budgeting, it should not exceed 35% of your gross annual income. And we're gonna talk about that more in another session. So, Many factors affect the value of money, factors such as inflation. And we are in a current inflationary period right now in Canada. In fact, around the globe. Have you seen how house prices have climbed up in the last three years? They've literally doubled, if not more. And that inflation means that your buying power weakens. Your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. I just went to, to the grocery store. And the bill for the groceries was over $140. Now, I know that only cost me like hundred or $90 to $100 a couple of months ago, but it's gone up exponentially. It's gone up. And I don't know how some people are making ends meet, especially got four or five kids at home. So we're seeing and witnessing today the impact of inflation on our purchasing power every week that we go out to buy groceries to buy gas or to to pay for our bills taxes are going up cost of postage everything is increasing right around us but our income our settlement our negotiation for salaries or wages again is only like 2 3 4 maybe even 5% if you're lucky and that doesn't keep up to the 10 15 20% that we're seeing or increases in 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 uh, cost of living so Look at the price of gas. I just mentioned that. It went up from $100.53 to $2.24. That's like a 46% increase in the last few months alone. And that's challenging for all of us to set a budget and to live within that budget. So how come Canadians don't save money? Have you thought about that? What is it? Why don't we save money? I know... Oh... When I think of the the times and the, the the um the pull, the draws, the tug of wars that we get into on on trying to, to balance and budget. On average, Canadians save three to four percent of their disposable income in twenty twenty one, according to stats can. And Canadians are spending more of their income today to service debts to pay for accommodation costs due to inflation. More many people are now spending more like 50 to 60 percent of their annual income on housing and rent instead of the 35 that's recommended. One of the biggest challenges we face today is avoiding the trap also to keep up with our neighbors or our friends' lifestyles and social media. Boy, has that that played a big part in our guilt trip in terms of our money management or what we have or our lifestyle compared to to everyone else. It seems everybody on Facebook is doing better or living better than I am. And uh, many f- people fail. This is the answer to our dilemma. Why aren't Canadians saving money? Because we are not deliberately planning. We're not working towards, we're not focusing on the money. Now, I, d- I don't want us to fall into this uh, uh, misconception that money is evil. I don't want you to think that we are not supposed to handle money or God. we don't put money over God. Absolutely, we don't put money over God. But God tells us how to, in the Scriptures, and I'm going to get to this in our third session, how to manage money scripturally or biblically. And we're going to learn that the Bible does have clear instructions on how to become wealthy, how to become rich, how to be blessed, and how God will open up the storehouses of heaven if you will only manage your money His way. And I'm really excited about that session, and I hope you are too. So, as we learn today, we're going to talk about budgeting, how to control your finances, and that is the very first step in creating wealth. Budgeting is an excellent tool to allocate income to expenses and to plan, and it's a must. Uh, And in these podcasts, I'm going to also go through a a series of... um, uh, I've got it right here in front of me, a series of cash flow instructions and budgeting instructions and how to manage your money. And I'm going to put these out on our church website uh, at the end uh, of these sessions so that you're able to come on to uh, uh, mycac.ca church website, go to events, go to podcasts, or look up uh, under my uh pastor wayne massey uh tab and you'll be able to pull down and copy or save these um budget items and tools that i'm going to be using or explaining to you this morning good again i mentioned that money is fluid it's always in circulation and it always has a tendency to flow away from us rather than towards us and and we have to grab it we have to hold on to it and we have to save enough of it that it will take care of us in later life when and I mean 30 40 years later and I've been there done this I just retired after 43 years in real estate I had an awesome career wonderful people I enjoyed it working with them and helping them find homes and and helping people achieve their dreams and uh you know live Happily ever after, if you know what I mean. So I am I'm there. I've been there, done that. And and we need to start as early as possible to save the money so that it's there when we are no longer able to work or we're retiring and we want to enjoy an excellent lifestyle in retirement years. So I'm gonna kind of show you how to sock away at about ten percent of your income every year. Ten percent and let it accumulate and build wealth for you. So, where do I want to start? Let's take a look at budgeting. One thing you want to look at is in budgeting is what is your total household income for the year? Now, I'm going to keep the examples pretty simple here so that you can follow along with me. And the first one I'm going to say is, let's suppose that you have $100,000 a year before taxes and before deductions at source. Now... If you're uh, on a T4 slip or T4A, you have to pay your taxes and you also have to pay, uh, sometimes they want uh, cap, uh, CPP, UIC, other sort of uh, mandatory deductions from your income. And I'm going to say, let's uh, suppose that you take home $75,000 a year. Now, 75000 a year is $6,250 a month. Now, what are we going to do with that? I'm going to tell you the first thing To do is to pray. And be thankful. Give God thanks that you have a job. Tell God that you are thrilled, that he has looked after you. He is your provider and source of income. You may work for ABC Company, but it is God who gave you the talent, the skills, and the education to get that job and god is looking after you. If you read that's one of the first and foremost paradigm shifts we're going to make in this course. Be thankful that you have the job. Secondly, ask god, how do i manage my money wisely? Every day have a positive thought. Think positively about finances. Don't use negative terms. Don't think about, oh, I can't make the rent this month or what am I going to do about the car payment? Be positive. Trust in God because he will provide. Pray and pray every day for your finances and pray for wisdom and pray for discernment and pray for strength to resist the temptation to spend. So in accordance with this, our first rule is to honor God with our tithe or our gifts to the church or to charities that are working towards kingdom uh, projects or uh, places like Ruth and Naomi's or Salvation Army that are looking after the the poor people in our our community. Remember to tithe and and take 10% off the top. Now that's on gross, that's $7,500. I'm sorry, that's on the 7,500 that you have left. Pastor Matt, when he talked in his sermons about finances, he referred to a gross amount. So some people, there's a there's no biblical on whether it's gross or net, but some people, if it, they're working on the gross, they're going to say 10,000, but I'm going to just work with what we have in the bank, in our pocket, on the check that we get every two weeks. So give 10%, first of all, to God. That's $7,500 off of the 75,000. Now, the second rule is... To Give yourself the same amount. Yes, I mean, pay yourself. Take $7,500 and put that in your bank account. Every two weeks, you take God's portion and you give it to the church. You give it to a charity that God honors and, and provides for. And then you take the seven, the same amount, the same 10%, and you put it into a separate bank account. And that becomes your lifetime savings account. Now, I got to tell you, that 10% is never, ever, ever touched. You put it in every two weeks faithfully. At the end of the year, you will have $7,500 in there. At the end of the next year, it will be another 7500 plus the interest on the first 7500 after 12 more months have gone by. And we're going to talk about that in our next session, the the uh, power of and uh, magic of compounding interest. So, You pay yourself and put it into a savings account. And please, please, it's not there for a rainy day. This is your retirement. This is your future. This is your life. So you pay yourself second. Now, what have you got left? You've got 80% left to live on. And we're talking in this case, 80% of 75,000 is $60,000. And it's at this point now we will establish a budget. We're gonna say, all right, what are our expenses? And again, this is an example. You have to use your own income. You have to use your own uh, 10% of whatever and then you'll get down to establishing the budget. And here are a few items that I wanna share with you. These are the common items that we would find on a budget worksheet. And this is what you have to live on. You're gonna live on 80% of your income because you're giving 10% to God, you're giving 10% yourself, you got 80% left, and this is what you live on, and this is called living within your means. So one of the first items is occupancy. And I mentioned earlier, 35% of $60,000, that's 21000 a year or $1,750 a month. Now, you don't have to write this all down, but you can if it helps you refer back to it. I said I'll be putting these up on the website for you to pick up a, a little later on. Everybody needs a vehicle. You don't necessarily need a new vehicle, Find one that you can buy that's a good deal. And uh, I know the market's crazy right now in the last couple of years with COVID. We haven't got a lot of used cars around. But in a normal situation, there's quite often uh, a good deal around in a used car with low mileage in good shape. And then just because you're looking for basic transportation, you don't need a brand new car. So allow 15%. And that 15% for your car is to cover any loan that you might have, repairs and maintenance, Gas and insurance. Now, in our budgeting example, 15% of the 60000 is $9,000, and that works out to $750 a month for a car or transportation. Food, again, another 15%. Another 9000 another 750 a month. Clothes, allow about 10% for clothing. And medical is 3%. Insurance, you got to have insurance on your mortgage, but there are different types of insurance. There's whole life insurance, there's term insurance, and uh, there's other examples, and you can talk to an insurance agent or a financial advisor, and they'll tell you. But the basic thing is work only on a term insurance to cover the mortgage. It's very inexpensive if you stay with term. If you go with whole life, you're going to pay a lot more money and there'll be a residual cash value at the end of the term. But you got to stay with that one for 25 years at least before you're going to get anything out of it. But if you just buy the term insurance, you can reinvest the difference and probably you get a better return than you're going to get from the insurance company in 25 years. Just a point, okay? So your insurance is going to be a mortgage and to cover your mortgage, it's a term insurance and I'm saying 3% on that, about $1,800 a year or $150 a month. And we got to live. So let's have some entertainment, shall we? And entertainment, you know, go out every night of the week. You don't eat out at restaurants every night of the week. You learn to cook at home and you also learn to uh, economize and cut down on our entertainment expenses. Uh, and we'll also lose weight by not eating out every night. So we're looking at 5% on that, $3,000, uh, 250 a month, if you will, vacation and gifts and emergency fund. Now, these next three, vacation, we all want a holiday, and about 8% there, or $400 a month. Gifts for Christmas and birthdays and kids and, and family, etc. and so on. About 4%, that's actually $200 a month. Gifts, can, when you look back at it. And we all need to have an emergency fund. And this is where your rainy day accounts is. So put 2% or $100 a month away in an emergency fund. And I mean, it is a true emergency fund. It's not just, oh, i see seen something I really want to buy and, I, and it's an emergency. I got to have it. No, an emergency is when the car breaks down or when uh, a pipe breaks in the house. And you need to hire a plumber. And finally, our th- last item is credit cards. And you may have a credit card balance today. And this is going to be your first approach to saving money and to managing well and living within your means pay off those credit cards those high interest credit cards right away so i've put down here on our monthly uh budgeting credit cards zero no 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 don't have any revolving credit so right now we've totaled sixty thousand dollars five thousand dollars a month and what's beautiful about this example is that every dollar is accounted for and because it's accounted for you've already set up where you're going to invest and spend and you all if it isn't in the budget you don't buy it and if you want it and you need it then go home and talk to your your spouse and partner whatever and just say okay where do we move money around if we're going to make a change in our buying or if we need a certain item oh then you say well that's pretty tight living how i'd rather how do i find more money well you know it's easy to get more money no problem to find money there's lots of it out there. And i got some helpful ways to help you increase your income. Now, an easy one is to get another job and and um, to get a promotion, work harder, go back to school, spend some money uh, and, and get a, increase your education. And, and when I say get another job, I'm talking also about um, a part-time job. You know, many of us have excellent hobbies and interests apart from what we do eight hours a day. And we could work in our hobbies where we've developed skills apart from our day-to-day occupations. You know, maybe you're into woodworking, maybe you're into automotive or mechanical works, and that uh, other people would pay to have you do that. I'm finding out that a lot of seniors will pay cheerfully if you will come and help them cut their grass, maintain their yard, look after the house, do some extra jobs around their house, you know, clean the the uh, the outside, whatever it takes. And you can make some extra money and you're doing a fine charitable activity as well. If you belong to a church, you could put up a poster or a card or uh, 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 an announcement in the bulletin and just say, I am ready and able to help out on weekends, on a Saturday, or on an evening, especially in the summertime when it's still light till 9, 9.30 at night, and find out what you can do on a part-time basis to earn extra cash. Now you can buy those extra things that you want in life. But remember, for every dollar you earn, you're still putting 10% to God, and 10% to yourself, regardless if it's on a T4 slip or if it's part-time income or whatever. Pay God first and pay you second. Now you've got some extra money to spend. Another way to earn more money is to adjust your lifestyle. You know, many of us think that we have have to have certain things or do certain things. And what we're trying to do here is What do we really need in life? What do we really need to live on? And where can we cut? So what I want you to do here in order to determine how to adjust your lifestyle is to track your expenses. Remember I said the budget predetermines our expenses? Now tracking your expenses means at the end of the month, You've taken every every time you make an expenditure, you take that home and you put it into your QuickBooks program or whatever your Quicken program or into some kind of accounting or tabulating or bookkeeping program on your computer. And you say, I just spent ninety-eight dollars and fifty-two cents on da da whatever it was, and you put it in. And every day you put in your receipts, gas receipts, food receipts, uh, gifts, sporting goods, whatever it happens to be and expenses. Then at the end of the month, you categorize those. You list them out and you say, all right, now what did we spend it on? Do that for about three months in a row and you can now do an analysis of your spending and your tracking. You've got your budget ready to go, but maybe before you get to your budget, you better look at what you've been spending on and what your priorities are, where you can cut back maybe on entertainment and other stuff, and and, uh, eating out. So change your lifestyle. Look at what you could do differently. How do you really live well and save money? You buy differently. There's a book out there. Let me just remember if I can get um, who that was by. It, It was called, oh dear. Spend Half and Live Just as Well. And it was how to uh, live on... And I'm just looking through my notes right now because I have a... uh, Here it is. Cut Your Spending in Half, and it's by Rodale Press, R-O-D-A-L-E Press. And it's on how to shop, where to shop, and when to shop. So if you can get a copy of this book, Cut Your Spending in Half... Seriously, it would tell you when to buy your clothes, when to buy a car, what to pay, and a powerful uh, discussion on negotiating successfully. This also shows you how to use coupons wisely and how to buy on, you know, Facebook Marketplace. There's some crazy deals out there right now. And uh, I just bought a set of of new irons, tailor-made irons. These irons are $1,500. And I just bought them last weekend. And they're like four years old. And I popped them off at $400. And I thought, wow, what a deal. Somebody just needed the money. They want to get rid of them and they're in excellent condition. So you want to be able to go on Craigslist, maybe eBay even, and look for the deals. But make sure you're buying what you need. You're not just looking for something to spend money on. When you decide you want to buy a new kayak, don't go to the local sporting goods store or Cabela's or Canadian Tires or whatever and spend eight or $900 on a kayak. Go to Marketplace and spend half as much for a one- or two-year-old one that's hardly used. And I think that in this whole broadcast, I am so excited about helping you live better, helping you understand how to manage your money better And be in control so that you don't wonder where your money went when you've set up your lifestyle and your budgeting and your monthly cash flow. You can see where it's going and you're in control. And it takes away all of that uncertainty and that nervousness and that, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have any money. We're going to help you have lots of money and to save money God's way. So I'm looking forward, this ends our first uh, podcast series and I'm looking forward to our next one and that's all about investing and accumulating and creating wealth and then our third one again is understanding the joy of giving and how do we honour God with our money? How are we to be faithful stewards biblically and how do we honour Him? Because really, whose money is it? I'll let you answer that one. Have a great day and thank you for joining me.